edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to have you along today. Looking forward to talking a little Ohio State football, name, image, and likeness. Ryan Day at the State House. Uh, strange ending in uh, an NBA playoff game. Uh, pitchers in baseball are getting checked many times in multiple ways. And Carl Nassib, former Cleveland Brown, comes out as a homosexual NFL player and uh, is being lauded, but now may not be lauded. We'll explain that to you as well. Remember that our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters will bring you the best coffee and do great things around the world while doing it. Where else could you get coffee direct from growers? Direct, I said, not through some big company and middlemen and all that. Direct, picked every bean by hand by someone in Nicaragua, Thailand, Indonesia, and then lovingly shipped to the U.S. and then roasted and taken care of in all manner of processing by the lovely, uh, talented, and... uh, good-hearted folks at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Nowhere else. That's why you should order from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com because they have many different kinds, many different flavors, many different genres, light, medium, dark roast, K-cups, whole bean, roast, you name it, they've got it, and you'll save 15% when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. So why not do it? Many repeat customers, and they're all satisfied because nobody tastes Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee, the many different varieties they have, and isn't 100% satisfied. Okay, they have a big recruiting camp at Ohio State. All the coaches at Ohio State, all the coaches at every college around the country are ramped up big time now with pandemic restrictions on recruiting and camps and all that stuff lifted. Last year, there were no camps anywhere. So they all want camps. They all want to get these kids on campus. Uh, Small schools want to make money off their camps. They use these camps. Everybody does. D1, D2, D3, NAIA. They all use them as identifying future players. Nothing wrong with that. The players get noticed, and it's great. I get it. Ohio State is awash in five-star talent, great players, and Ryan Day is looking them over. So the reason I bring all that up is because for Ryan Day to leave – and go downtown to the state house for the second time in like a week, then you know it's a big deal for Ryan Day to leave. And he did leave, and he went down to the state house yesterday to testify about a House bill that would create name, image, and likeness legislation for the state of Ohio. I don't know if you guys are tired of me talking about name, image, and likeness. Here's my uh, short version on name, image, and likeness it's the right thing, it's the legal thing. I don't think it'll be a great thing long term. If you want to know why, listen to previous podcasts. But somebody yesterday asked Ryan Day and uh, a question that I would ask him, and I look. I don't know if Ryan's being honest or if he really thinks this, but I would. Uh, I would. I don't agree with his opinion on this. Here's my thing: college athletics is popular because people want to believe these kids play for the college. They don't play for the college, by the way, not at Ohio State, but people believe that. So you know, if you believe something that's not true, it doesn't matter. Like in the infamous words of George Costanza. It's not a lie if you believe it. So if you believe all these guys are playing for good old state U and really care about Ohio State University, they don't. They care about getting to the NFL. So my thought was, our coach is just going to admit this. Yeah, he's coming here because he can make a crap ton of money. I mean, I would assume a kid coming to Ohio State is going to make more money than a kid who would go to Purdue because the advertising opportunities, name, image, and likeness opportunities, I would think, at Ohio State are greater than they are at Purdue, even though they're in the same 
how do I say this all the time? They're in the same conference. They're not in the same league, right? They're not in the same league in terms of opportunity, budget, all those things. So they got this kid in from Seattle who uh, I, I struggled to pronounce his last name, Tiamulau, Tiamalu, I don't know. Now, thanks to my friend Clay Hall at WSYX6, Clay is referring to him as JTT. So I'll just refer to him as JTT, this defensive end prospect, who's eligible this fall, by the way. He delayed his recruitment until he could come here. So he comes in, and Ohio State coaches all put on Hawaiian shirts, and they, you know, they do this great presentation. Everything Ohio State does in recruiting is next level. They get all the social media stuff. They're amazing. So I have no doubt that their presentation is phenomenal, and the kid probably thinks, I'm going to make a million dollars here at Ohio State. And you know what? He probably would. I think we'll have a million-dollar college athletes. I think we will. There's no doubt in my mind we will. Uh, I remember, this is, wow, dating myself. Years ago, there was a magazine. Yes, remember magazines, kids? Back when there was no internet, back when there was you couldn't dial up an information and highlights and get everything you wanted on your phone. Those of us who were dyed-in-the-wool sports fans would wait for the arrival of Sport Magazine. Not Sports Illustrated, although I waited for that too. That came every week. Sport Magazine came every month. And I distinctly remember a headline on the front of Sport Magazine one time. Will Pete Rose be baseball's first $100,000 singles hitter? Because back then, the only guys who made $100,000 were home run hitters. Well, obviously, you that gives you an idea of how much times have changed. And we're going to see college athletes sign million-dollar endorsement deals. I firmly believe it. Tell me Zion Williamson wouldn't have got a million-dollar endorsement deal at Duke. Of course he would have. And I just don't think fans are going to be happy with that because it obliterates the illusion that kids are coming to play for the school. So somebody asked Ryan about this the other day. A great question. How will this affect team culture? I think this is such a headache for coaches. He's making this, and he got this deal, and I didn't get this deal. And can you find enough boosters to fill in the cracks of the kid who's mad because so-and-so got a car deal and he didn't? Hey, this kid's mad. He wants to transfer. Would you give him, you know, 20 grand, 30? Well, car, can't buy a car for 20 grand. Just give him 50 grand to come over and have dinner with your family once a week. I know he's a backup cornerback, but, you know, we really need to keep him because what if somebody gets hurt? These are the kinds of things coaches are going to have to mess around with. They're going to have to babysit these guys more than they already do when they're texting them every hour of every day so that they won't think they've fallen out of love with them. Okay, so Ryan Day has asked this yesterday. How will this affect team culture? Great question, whoever asked it, even if you're uh, a legislator I don't like. He said, it'll be a challenge. I think it's something we have to talk about on the front end while we're recruiting people into our school and make sure that they understand that they're not coming here to make money They're coming here to get a great education, be part of a program with an opportunity to win championships, and better themselves. And this is something that's very separate to that. So he's saying making money is separate to team culture and winning championships and being part of a program and all that stuff. He said flat out, here's a quote, We will not be recruiting people into our program to make money. I think if the focus is on our culture and is on getting a great education at Ohio State, then I think we'll be better moving forward. 
Okay, so that's a genuine answer, and I can see he might really believe that. He certainly understands that he has to say that, because if he goes down there and they ask him about team culture, and he goes, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. This kid from Seattle just came in here, and we all had to put on Hawaiian shirts and act like a bunch of dopes, like we couldn't live without his presence on our campus when we already have Jack Sawyer, who blew up the spring game. And wow, we've had the Bosa brothers and Chase Young. And yeah, it chafes my bacon that I have to act like I can't uh, continue as a coach without JTT from Seattle. He's never going to say that. And he probably doesn't believe that. I believe that, but he doesn't. But here's the deal, okay? Ryan Day, two things can be true at once, Bruce Hooley's favorite saying. Ryan Day can believe in his heart. Yeah, I'm going to talk about team culture. And by the way, as an aside, so now when a kid comes in on an official visit, you sell him on the tradition. Hey, look at all the championships. Cool facility. You sell him on the juice bar at the facility. See, we have a handball court. And wow, we got cool gear. And look what Nike did with our uniforms. And here's all the shoes we wear. And little, 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 little. And then you got to sit through the obligatory, unless they dispense with this, which if they ever do dispense with this and a word gets out, <laughs> it won't look good. But really, if you're recruiting a kid, what is the point of sitting down and talking to him about the engineering school and having him meet the dean and having him talk to the school president? Like He doesn't care about any of that. He cares about getting to the NFL. Every single guy that comes to Ohio State as a football player or a basketball player is thinking about NFL and NBA. So, you know, what do they do? Like, hey, by the way, here's a five-minute academic presentation. <laughs> Take a nap while we play this video. No, probably not. It's probably, you know, hours and hours. That presentation's for mom and dad. The kid's sitting there like, hopefully they don't take his phone away from him while that's going on so he can check Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. So it's just, to me, ridiculous that we think, because they all dressed up. Hey, you're Polynesian. Look at us. We're wearing Hawaiian shirts. Look at Larry Johnson in his double X Hawaiian shirt. See, we love you, JTT. I mean, how ridiculous. Am I, am I the only cynic on this? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so absurd. And it's, but it's so necessary. I get it. It's just, can we all laugh at it rather than like going, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with that? I mean, oh, you know, an education at Ohio State University. Uh, for years, we made the argument. Coaches made the argument. Administrators, the NCAA made the argument. Oh, you're getting a free education. Why, look at what this will do. This will position you for the future. Yes, all these lies they told these kids for years and years and years and years. So now that they have to first and foremost do the name, image, and likeness, hey, come here. Because if they wait, if they're talking about tradition, if they're talking about academics, if they're talking about culture, if they're talking about all this garbage, you know the kid's sitting there going, yeah, but how much money can I make? How much money can I make? And I'm an adult, and that's what I'd want to know. Yeah, 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 coach. We'll get to the academics. And yeah, 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 I'll put on the jersey, and you can take my picture and put me on the Jumbotron. And yeah, 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 we'll go out to dinner downtown. How much money can I make? That's what I want to know. How much money can I make? Everybody wants to know that. When you apply for a job, do you ever apply for a job without knowing how much money you're going to make? Of course not. These kids are applying for a job. They want to know how much money they're going to make. So <laughs> it's so funny to me. But here's the deal on what Ryan Day said. Is Ryan Day lying? I'm going to assume no. He's not lying. Uh, I'd love to have an off-the-record conversation with him about that, but that's never going to happen. 
He says, while it'll be a challenge, it's something we'll have to talk about on the front end while we're recruiting people into our school. Make sure they understand they're not coming here to make money. They're not com- they're, they are coming here to get a great education. Be part of a program with an opportunity to win championships and better themselves. And this, name, image, and likeness, is something very separate to that. Okay, we will not be recruiting people into our program to make money. I think if the focus is on our culture and is getting a great education at Ohio State, then I think we'll be better moving forward. That is how Ryan Day straddles the line between appealing to the kids of today and appealing to the guys who give millions of dollars so Ohio State can be an elite football program. But now to the truth of what Ryan Day is saying. This is no different, his contention, that No, team culture is the most important thing, and winning championships is the most important thing. It's all much different than and separate from name, image, and likeness compensation. That is no different than all those years that recruits were told, pick the school, don't pick the coach, right? They're always told this, hey, you're going to go to that school, make sure you're going to that school Not because of the coach, but because of the school. But all the time, why did we really in our hearts know why the kid was picking the school? Because he loved the coach. Have you ever in your life, in your life, I sound like Vern Lundquist at the Masters, in your life, have you ever heard a kid go, yeah, I came in, I had a really good visit. I think the coach is a giant a-hole, but I love the school, so I'm going anyway. (laughs) I mean, really? Have you ever heard that? No. No. Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare playing for Nick Saban. But wow, Alabama's a cool school. Come on, man. I sound like Joe Biden now. I'm doing impressions on the podcast today. So anyway, this is the same deal. Ryan Day can say, I talked to him about culture. I talked to him about education. I talked to him about winning championships. I was very clear. And name, image, and likeness is all separate from that. And he gets it. You're assuming he gets it because he sat there silently, like nodding his head, going, hearing cha-ching, 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 cash register ringing all throughout JTT's recruitment. And every kid liked JTT. I don't mean to pound on this kid. He was smart. Whoever's around this kid, they looked at the situation and said, why would we sign in February? We're like the top player in the country. We're certainly going to be the top uncommitted player in the country. Bam will keep a scholarship open for me. Ohio State will keep a scholarship open for me. I'm going to wait till they lift the pandemic restrictions so I can go out there. I'm going to wait and see what happens with name, image, and likeness. Trust me, there's a lot of guys who sign, every other guy who signed in February, wishes they were getting the JTT treatment right now on the recruiting trail, getting a clear picture of how much money they can make. Oh, yeah, I get a great education, too. And team culture. Woohoo, woohoo for team culture. Okay, so that's what I have to say about the ongoing balancing act that Ryan Day must strike on name, image, and likeness. Hey, there's been a development. Uh, We talked on a podcast on Monday about Mike DeWine and what I thought was an unwise move by him to, uh, I think, guilt high school athletes into getting the vaccine and step in between perhaps athletes and their parents with only 43% of Ohioans vaccinated. Now we've tragically, Monday night, we had a young woman, a beautiful young woman from, I believe, Middletown, uh, a freshman at Northwestern University, died of a heart attack. And these heart issues with vaccines among young people are, uh, it's still a, you know, a very rare occurrence, an extremely rare occurrence. But the 
rate of heart inflammation, myocarditis, catastrophic heart situations, like this girl needed a heart transplant. Her heart was so fried, and she did not survive the heart transplant or in the aftermath of the transplant. The incidence of these heart issues is astronomically above what they anticipated with the metrics, like four and five times as much. So the CDC's meeting today in the World Health Organization uh, suggests a pause in teenagers getting the vaccine. But you sure wouldn't know that from reading the news, would you? Because it's not out on the news. Nobody's covering it. But that is an actual thing that is happening today. Um, a reminder, Willis Spangler Starling is the official law firm of the Bruce Hooley Show and of Bruce Hooley and of the We Tackle Life podcast. And Willis Spangler Starling is located in Hilliard, just a little bit north of Mill Run on Truman Boulevard, which is the road that runs right there along Home Depot and Target. And Willis Spangler Starling is just filled with phenomenal partners, smart people, sacrificially minded people, those who view their expertise acumen and uh, interest in the law is their way to serve you. So if you need an attorney, you need great representation, anything related to employment law, social security disability, personal injury, wills estate planning, on and on and on and on. They're a firm that's really a good size, big enough to like wield a ton of varying expertise, but not so big that they've lost the personal touch. So Willis Spangler Starling is my firm. And if you're looking for someone great, that would be who you should go with, too. They're online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. A couple little small things. Um, I'm really enjoying, I'm not watching it religiously, regularly, but I enjoy College World Series baseball. The The exuberance of the players is really cool. Um, there, it's the fans, everybody's into it. The venue's awesome in Omaha. Mississippi State had a big comeback win last night over Virginia. Uh, the night before, who was I watching that shut out a favorite, a favored team? I don't know, but somebody, some kid, two kids pitched gems that night. College World Series baseball is really cool. There's no reason why Ohio State shouldn't get to the College World Series. I mean, come on, let's go. Get it going here. Um, all right, as for the NBA playoffs, reports are that the ratings are now dramatically <laughs> increasing <laughs> once LeBron James is out of the playoffs. So this is people don't like politics mixed, mixed with sports. They just don't like politics mixed with sports. So LeBron, NBA, Adam Silver, learn a lesson. DeAndre Ayton last night of the Phoenix Suns. The Suns were down one. Paul George of the L.A. Clippers was at the line with eight seconds to go shooting two. Yacked them both. So maybe LeBron's not out of the playoffs. <laughs> the Suns come down. I don't know what happened because I just saw the highlight. I don't watch NBA basketball. And... uh the Suns end up with the ball out of bounds underneath their own basket, but extended like toward the corner with nine tenths of a second to go. And virtually the only way they're going to win this game is if they throw a lob pass. And they threw a lob pass, and the Clippers got picked. And zone out of bounds, you fool, with the Clippers. Oh, my goodness. Zone out of bounds. So they went man out of bounds, and they freed DeAndre Ayton with a back screen by Devin Booker, and Ayton... They threw the ball. If you look at the highlight, you're like, hey, that's goaltending. There's no goaltending on an out-of-bounds pass. So they threw it right over the top of the rim, and he just, bam, knocked it in. And I don't know who that Clipper center was that <laughs> got posterized. Looked like Greg Ostertag, but I don't think he's creaking around the NBA at age 40. So uh, Suns win. Um, boy, their uniforms are ugly. Woo! Man, those are some ugly uniforms the Phoenix Suns have. Uh, speaking of basketball... 
Um, I know I'm supposed to be happy for him, but I'm not. Uh, I mean, I am, I guess. But Dwayne Washington got invited to the NBA draft combine. I I think Dwayne Washington really wants to go pro. Dwayne Washington's not an NBA player. Not now. He might be later. Dwayne Washington would... I mean, I'm selfish. I'm an Ohio State fan. It's not like I'm giving you an, uh, an unbiased opinion here. But Dwayne Washington needs to come back to school. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to. Yeah. E.J. Liddell did not get invited because he's a tweener and he can't play a two in the NBA. And he, I don't even think he can play the three. Uh, so uh, E.J. Liddell, I think, will come back. But Dwayne Washington getting invited to the draft combine is going to put in his head that, yeah, I'm close. If oh, I just practice a little more, twenty four seven basketball. Yeah. Uh, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope Dwayne comes back. But I would not be uh, exceedingly optimistic that that will happen. We won't find out till next month. Man, they really put these coaches in a tough situation. Okay, if you're in a tough situation as a business owner, small business owner, two people in your operation, fifty people in your operation, anywhere in between those, auiinfo.com can help you with benefits putting packages together, finding the best value for the money. You're paying for benefits for your employees. You want to pay for benefits. You want to offer benefits. You want to retain employees. You want to attract employees. All of it's important. All of it's time-consuming. All of it's a labyrinth of confusing information. It does not have to be because auiinfo.com will take care of it for you if you go to, guess where, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Go to their site, type in the chat what you want, you don't pay for the service. You don't need to log in and give a password and all that. You pop into their site. They'll come on and say, hi, how can I help you? Type in your question to the chat. It'll start a relationship. You can meet on Zoom. You can meet on the phone. You can meet in person. You can meet via chat. Then when they present you options of companies and costs and all this, you pick. You're under no pressure to pick a certain one. They don't recommend anybody. You pick. And then they get paid by that person. You don't even pay them. They also offer a dedicated HR specialist to your business as a free, free add-on. How do you add on to free? With more free. So auiinfo.com is the place. auiinfo.com. Okay, now we'll talk a little sports and a little faith and, yes, a little politics because it's impossible to talk about Carl Nassib coming out as the first openly gay active NFL player. I have to say that because you're going, wait a minute, didn't we do this a while ago with Michael Sam? Yes, we did it a while ago with Michael Sam, and we're doing it again with Carl Nassib because Michael Sam was getting drafted, and as the SEC uh, Defensive Player of the Year, everybody assumed he'd last in the NFL. Problem was, his NFL uh, resume, his, his metrics, his measurables, weren't NFL-worthy, and he didn't make it in the NFL. And Carl Nassib is a journeyman NFL player, maybe a little bit above journeyman. But here's what I found out, and I'm just going to tell you flat out, 100%, this did not come from Chris Spielman. This did not come from Rick Spielman, okay? I'm close to the Spielman family, but I would not put them in the position to call them. I didn't even text Chris about it. I would not, so I can say with 100% veracity, I got this from another person in the NFL who is in an organization in a position where they would know what's going on throughout the league. Okay. So 
My first inclination to hearing Carl Nassib was gay. I don't care. I don't like I I never understand the whole like publicizing your sexuality. Like I know for a long time most people were heterosexual and so we just made that assumption. And now that a a very tiny 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 minority of people are not heterosexual, I think it's less than 10%. But their voice is loud. We used to have Pride Week. Now we have Pride Month. So, you know, assumably we'll pretty soon we'll have Pride Quarter and then we'll have Pride whatever, half year. And then we'll just have Pride Year and then Pride Decade. So we can just continue to celebrate people's sexuality, which is none of my business and none of my concern except for the spiritual and eternal consequences that the Bible says. Notice how I phrased that. The Bible says comes with it, which we'll get into that momentarily. But I had a guy yesterday uh, um, say to me, you know, uh, you don't talk about Carl Nassib. And I'm like, because I don't care about his sexuality. What do I care who Carl Nassib sleeps with, what he's doing with other men and what he's other men are doing to him? I don't care. I don't I don't want to let my thoughts go there. I don't think about, you know, friends of mine who are married and envision what they're doing with their wives. Why would I think about what Carl Nassib's doing? So uh, but Carl Nassib's a former Brown, and this is being, you know, we're doing this again because why not, right? So here's what I found out from my friend in the NFL who's very, very connected. I texted this person, and I said, call me cynical, which y'all know I am. I said, feels to me like journeyman player on the verge of getting cut has to come out and announce something now so that it insulates him against getting cut. Because Carl Nassib's harder to cut once he's out as a gay person than he is, excuse me, now that he's out as a homosexual person. I'm going to say homosexual because gay implies carefree and light, and the left loves to take words and co-op them and... uh The word gay used to mean carefree, light, funny, happy. Uh, I don't think a lot of homosexual people are that because by their very definition, if you have to come out and announce your sexuality and other homosexual people like Billie Jean King say, oh, I'm so happy for you. Now you can be authentic. Okay, so I examined that tweet and I'm thinking, why wasn't he authentic before? Because he had a secret, right? He had a secret. And everybody who harbors a secret, it wears on you. It had to wear on Jim Tressel when he had a secret about what was going on with Tattoo Gate at Ohio State. It had to wear on Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds when they tried to keep a secret about steroids. It had to wear on Pete Rose when he kept a secret or tried to about his gambling. When you have a secret in your life that you know other people would... Some, maybe not all, but some would look down upon you or that you would bear some consequence for disclosing that secret, having an affair, for instance. It wears on you. It eats away at you. So that is why I won't use the word gay, because people who have secrets, whether it's cheating on your taxes, cheating on your wife, cheating on your business partner, whatever your secret is, You are not carefree because this is nagging at you. So Carl Nassib comes out as a homosexual NFL player. And again, I don't care who Carl Nassib is sleeping with, who Carl Nassib is 
whatever. <laughs> but um, what I find interesting about it is that I first and foremost thought, hmm, this is a way to keep him from keep him from getting cut. This is a way to make it harder for the Las Vegas Raiders to cut him if they're so inclined. And I, I didn't look at his stats. I don't know. He might have been all pro last year for all I know. He might be the unequivocal starting D end for the Las Vegas Raiders, and and I could be totally wrong. So I just texted a friend to ask him. And the response I got back was, they've been trying to trade him for a year. He's a veteran who makes too much money. And so he didn't make, this person made no comment on the announcement by Carl Nassib. This person responded only to my cynical observation that, hey, this feels like a way to keep himself from getting cut. This feels like a way to give himself another year or two in the NFL. Because now, if Carl Nassib gets cut, if Carl Nassib gets released, somebody else is going to have to pick Carl Nassib up. Why? Because the voices out there who want Carl Nassib's lifestyle to be exalted will bring much pressure to bear on teams in the NFL. Why don't you get Carl Nassib? You know, Carl Nassib doesn't have a job. Colin Kaepernick is a crappy NFL quarterback. He lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. That's my statement about Colin Kaepernick. Well, he took his team to the Super Bowl. He almost won the Super Bowl. Yes, and if he had continued to play like that, he would still have a job. But he didn't continue to play like that because he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. And then he started kneeling for the anthem. So you didn't notice him kneeling for the anthem at the Super Bowl, did you? No, because he didn't need a wedge to protect himself. Or he might have thought maybe it wasn't as purposeful as that. Maybe it wasn't. Oh, man, I'm going to get cut. I'm going to start kneeling for the anthem. And then all the people who hate America will come to my defense, and it'll keep me in the NFL a year or two longer, and it'll get me tryouts and all that. No, maybe it was just Colin Kaepernick thought, eh, my career's coming to an end. I might as well just be totally out front with how I feel about things. I don't really care. I've made enough money. I don't care if I people care that I don't care if people are offended that I wear pig socks. I don't care if people are offended that I snark on the flag and on Nike for making Betsy Ross shoes. I don't care. That could have been Colin Kaepernick's viewpoint. I don't know, and I don't care. But I'm saying sometimes players and agents concoct strategies to squeeze one more year out of their career or two more years or whatever. So, you know, Carl Nassib's doing his thing, fine. Are there other gay players in the league? Probably, but I don't care. But now this becomes a political issue because there's word today that a lot of people are Googling Carl Nassib Republican, Carl Nassib Trump supporter. So I don't know Carl Nassib's politics either, but I find it fascinating to view this scenario if Carl Nassib is on the record in the past being a Trump supporter, how will he be received by the homosexual lobby? Will they still continue to, hey, Carl Nassib, he's our guy. I saw Carl Nassib's jersey was the number one jersey selling on NFL.com. Of course it is because, you know, it's, it's his very existence as a homosexual player now 
validates in the mind of other homosexuals that, see, we can do anything, which nobody said you couldn't. But they, again, have this feeling, internal feeling, that now Carl Nassib's my favorite player. Just like, for me, uh, I used to care about Chris Heisey of the Cincinnati Reds. Why did I care about Chris Heisey of the Cincinnati Reds? Because he went to Messiah College in eastern Pennsylvania. I didn't go to Messiah College, but one of my wife's bridesmaids did. And I think Messiah College is a, by all accounts, from what little I know about it, is a great college for kids to go to. And so I cared about Chris Heisey because he seemed to me to personify values and a background that I held. It's the same thing with Carl Nassib and his jersey selling. Homosexual people will buy Carl Nassib's jersey because they feel like they have something in common with Carl Nassib. But if Carl Nassib is a Republican, and if Carl Nassib is a Trump supporter, this will be very interesting to see if Carl Nassib has, by being a Republican and by being a Trump supporter, and again, I don't know if he is, but if he is, what will that do to his appeal to homosexual people who, by and large, aren't Trump supporters and, by and large, aren't Republican? Of course, there are uh, exceptions to that, but we'll see how it goes. I find that to be an interesting social observation to make. Now, the Carl Nassib story also intersects with politics in another way, in that we are now seeing, in light of, and I, I can't draw a delineation here between this and the faith portion of the podcast, we are now seeing a pushback from Democratic legislators and from legislators in Italy. This is a story today. The separation between church and state, right? That's always been an American thing, separation of church and state. There shall be no official state religion in the United States of America. You can't say, like the Church of England. They had the official Church of England. and That's, you know, the, the, the pilgrims and people in colonial times didn't want that. They wanted to worship in their own way. So in the United States of America, we can't have uh, a president. Joe Biden can't say, well, I'm a Catholic, so Catholicism is the official religion of the United States. You must be Catholic. If you're not Catholic, if you don't go to a Catholic church, you know, we're going to tax you. We're going to fine you. You can't do that in America. Okay, so there's always been this separation between church and state. It's foundational. It's in the Constitution, however long the Constitution lasts. Okay, so now we see, because last week the U.S. Catholic bishops were meeting to decide whether to issue a letter basically scolding, censuring, and telling their bishops, hey, you can't give communion to Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and other Catholics because they're pro-abortion and we in the Catholic Church are pro-life, and so they're out of uh, they're out of line with Catholic teaching. Therefore, they're not in good standing with the Catholic Church. So you can't give them communion, because when you have communion in the church, you believe, you receive the blood and body of Christ as atonement for your sins. You have to be in right relationship with Christ. You're supposed to as little as much as I was. Growing up, I'm not Catholic. I've never been Catholic, and I don't envision myself ever being Catholic. But even in my church growing up, before we had communion, there was always some kind of a reference made to, 
you know, if you have something that you are in um, disobedience with, that you're holding on to, that you know is is not allowing you to be in right relationship with God, then you need to confess that and get rid of that, or you shouldn't take communion. So like, for instance, if you were a guy sitting in the congregation and you were having an affair on your wife, well, you know that having an affair on your wife is not in accordance with scriptural teaching. You shouldn't take communion. And I can remember a few times where there would be adults and they wouldn't go up and take communion. And then, of course, because human nature is toward being a gossip, people would go, oh, gee, I wonder what's up with Bill. Why did Bill not take communion? Hmm, isn't that strange? Bill didn't take communion, <laughs> which is not how you should respond to it. But it was a you know, real human sinful response to that. So the bishops punted on this thing. They met, and instead of issuing a letter saying, hey, you other bishops around the country, you can't give Catholic uh, legislators who are pro-abortion, you can't give them communion, they met to decide to think about writing a letter later. But everybody knows abortion is out of touch with the Catholic Church and doctrine of the Catholic Church. Well, now, today, I read a story this morning. In Italy, in the parliament or whatever they call their government, they have a law that you can't speak out against homosexuality. You can't speak out against LGBTQRSTUV lifestyles. You can't speak out against any of that stuff. And the Vatican, which is its own country, its own sovereign country, nevertheless, located in Rome, the Vatican's like, hey, you can't. You can't make a law like that because we're going to hold to our scriptural teaching. Okay, so why do I bring all this up? Because this has sparked what I predict will be an attack on uh, free speech from the pulpit in America. Because of the separation of church and state, because the government has never been involved in what is said from the pulpit, um, I think this mindset out there that uh, 60 Democratic legislators, before the Catholic bishops decided what they were going to do on the communion issue for people who are pro-abortion, 60, 60 Democratic legislators, the most notable of which was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they wrote a letter to the bishops, these 60, saying, don't you dare tell us we can't take communion. Don't you dare politicize communion. Well, this is a fundamental misunderstanding of how faith is supposed to work. And a woman uh, pointed this out on Twitter yesterday. And I have somebody who reads my social media mentions so that I don't have to. <laughs> and, and if anything is un, if anything is out of line or there's anything there that this person thinks I should respond to, like, for instance, if somebody gives me an opening to share the gospel, this person will notify me, hey, here's the tweet. You should respond to this. It gives you an opportunity to share the gospel. If it's just some random troll who doesn't like my opinion, I mean, that's fine. I don't turn off my mentions, but I also don't have to read them. Uh, but yesterday I got a bunch of responses from one woman um, who has, you know, somewhere around 2,700 Twitter followers, so a decent audience. I don't respond to people who have 50 followers because why would I if— I have what I have, which is, I'm not going to give the number because it sounds pretentious, but if I have what I have, why would I give the person with 50 followers access to my audience? Because everything I tweet, my audience is going to see. So I don't very often respond. And if I do, it's because somebody's notified me, hey, you ought to take note of this. So I got the notification yesterday, hey, this person has responded to you like 
a bunch of times with a bunch of stories attached to their responses about the evils of the Catholic Church and priests who, I think one was raping nuns, one was obviously, you know, abuse, sexually abusing little boys. So this person who responded to me ticked off all these things about the evils of the Catholic Church and the evils of the priests and the stuff they've done and all this kind of stuff as a way to push back against my tweet, which was, hey, if you're saying that Catholic, the Catholic Church has no standing on a matter of communion and making it a political issue, they're not making it a political issue. They're making it a doctrinal issue. The Catholic Church is allowed to set its own doctrine. Every church is allowed to set its own doctrine. The Muslims, Islam, I may not agree with their doctrine. In fact, I rarely agree with doctrine of other uh, churches that uh, are not the church that I belong to. Um, And that's why whenever I think about going to a church, I always go and read their statement of faith. I read their doctrinal statement. You know, if they they had a Mormon doctrine, I wouldn't go to that church because I don't believe in the Mormon doctrine. I believe in the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ, that he was fully God, fully man, came to earth as a man, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to atone for my sin, past, present, and future, rose again, which compels me to beat death, beat sin, which allows me to do the same thing because his Holy Spirit rests inside me. That's my doctrine, okay? So this person with the 2,700 Twitter followers, the person who's got this big-time grudge against the Catholic Church, is like, hey, it's a political issue, and if it's a political issue, you should take away their 501c3 status, take away their charitable status. And I'm like, your position is an ignorant ignorant position. Uh, ignorance is not an insult. Ignorance is the absence of availing yourself of available knowledge. So, you know, um, if you walk up to a stove and the burner's red hot and you touch it to see what's going on, if somebody's standing right there, you could say, why is that burner hot? And they'd say, or why is that burner red? And you'd say, because it's hot. Don't touch it. But people who are ignorant of the truth, that burner's red and it's hot. That's what it means. Red means hot. Little kids who touch hot burners, they don't know what the red means because they didn't ask. So there's available truth there to this person, and she's choosing to ignore it, which is ignorance. So I just said to her, look, you have a fundamental misunderstanding of <laughs> church doctrine and the right of the Catholic Church or any church to set its own doctrine. And then if you want to adhere to that doctrine, to belong to the Catholic Church, that's your choice. If you don't want to adhere to that doctrine, to belong to the church of you, then you can do that. It's free will, free choice. So Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, other Catholics who say, well, I'm a staunch Catholic, I'm a very devout Catholic, we don't share the number one tenet of the Catholic Church, which is pro-life. Here's true confession, similar thing in my life. I used to go to a Mennonite church. I grew up in the Mennonite church. I don't go to a Mennonite church anymore because while I share a lot of the same doctrine of the Mennonite church on Jesus, I don't share their viewpoint that um, of pacifism. I don't share it. I don't believe it's always wrong to go to war. I don't believe it's wrong to call the police. I don't believe it's wrong. And so in good conscience, I couldn't continue to go to a Mennonite church I don't believe in their doctrine. So it's the same thing with the Catholics. Well, anyway, this person who responded to me with all these anti-Catholic stories and priests and nuns and everything like that, 
It's very interesting to me. I responded to her on Twitter, and I was hoping she'd respond back because I really see in her responses a very common thing that keeps people from finding peace and um, restoration to God in their life. She very clearly has either been hurt or knows someone who has been hurt, someone close to her. I would, I would get, I would educated guess this. She either is someone or knows someone who has been very deeply hurt by these things that have gone on in the Catholic Church that were the result of sinful men being sinful. They were not the result of God's design for the Catholic Church. They were not part of church doctrine. Hey, if you're a priest, you get to molest boys. Hey, if you're a priest, you get to rape nuns. That's not in their doctrine. They don't, the Catholic Church doesn't believe that. But it happened, according to this woman's news stories that she sent me. And it's extremely sad and horrific when something like that happens. When a pastor cheats on his own spouse and has an affair with someone else. When a youth pastor runs off with a teenage girl or rapes a girl or whatever, horrible things happen with quote-unquote men of God and women of God. But they don't happen because God is horrible. They happen because man is horrible. We are all born with a sinful nature. Um, And so for this woman or any person out there, maybe you, to look at what's happened to you. You've been betrayed. You've been hurt. You've been taken advantage of. You've been molested. You've been cheated. You've been harmed by someone. You cannot attribute that to God. He did not, God does not want that to happen to you. And so if it's a person in the church who did that, understand that you holding God accountable for that. Well, that person was God's representative and they did this to me. Therefore, you did that to me. The only person you're hurting with that approach to life is you. You're giving that person the who hurt you the power to hurt you all over again. In many ways, they are making you bitter. They are making you angry. They are taking away your peace. And if you nurture that hatred and that animus toward that person, you are likely to never come to Christ and experience his forgiveness and restoration at the cross. And think how awful it would be if you allowed a person, if you had a person, you didn't allow it, but you were victimized by a person in this life who stole your joy, stole your contentment, stole your peace in this life, and you fixated so much on it and vowed to get even that you allowed those attitudes, that bitterness, to steal eternal life from you, which is available to you through Jesus Christ. I have harbored bitterness in my life. There were a couple times in my life that I got betrayed by someone um, in the mid-90s, 
And they not only betrayed me, they betrayed my family. And it hurt. And it hurt a lot. And I, I struggled with it for several years. And I thought stupid things, like how I'd get even. Um, not against this person, but against the person who was their accomplice. And I was trying to really, I was, at that time, I was really like close to God too, but I had this bitterness and I finally had to let it go. And, and because I realized the old saying is true. I was drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. That's what I was doing by, by mainlining bitterness and channeling anger and rolling over in my mind how I was going to get even. And then again, in um, you know, 10, 10 or so years ago, I feel like I got betrayed again big time, unjustly treated. Okay, so what? Move on. <laughs> you didn't die. Nobody around you died. And it took me a while to get over that. It's not easy. I get it. It's not easy. But ultimately, I realized, and, and anyone out there who's struggling with bitterness, you have to realize that the only person you're really hurting is you. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for this woman. I, I really hope she finds peace. And I really hope she understands the difference between sinful men hurting you and God not stepping in to stop it because he gives us all free will. And this world is the domain of Satan and bad things are going to happen to you and unfair things are going to happen to you. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna and go, well, shrug it off. It's hard. But ultimately, you do have to realize, and ultimately, you have control of you. With God's help, you do. So with that, I will leave you uh, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Hope that you will join me Friday. Leave me a review at iTunes. That helps a lot. Uh, I will check the reviews and maybe read a couple of them on Friday. And email me, we tackle life at gmail.com, we tackle life at gmail.com. God bless. Have a great day.